<laughs> How do we get here? Episode three recap. Recap. Okay, put it down. So. So. <laughs> How do we get here? Episode three. Bathroom business. Recap. <laughs> bathroom business. Recap on the episode three called bathroom business. Bathroom business. Okay. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Good job. So, uh, this episode came out two weeks late. Two weeks? Yeah, one week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meant that our planning time for this episode was much longer than, um, you know, than our other episodes have been. And so we wanted to kind of address that. In this How Do We Get Here episode, we also wanted to address um, or give some context around the people that were a part of the episode. Right, right. And, uh, and yeah, what we learned. So, I think to get started, why don't I give some context about people? Sure. Let's start with the people. Okay. So, the three main people that I think this episode consists of are Dolores. Reed as kind of an institution and the people within Reed. And then Layla, uh, Layla and the Love Riot band. Yes. So I can talk to Dolores and Reed and then I'll, I'll sure. switch over to you for, for Layla. So Dolores and I have been friends for many years now. Like I said on the episode, we met at a flirting party. Yes, they do exist. Um, and we've, we've been friends over this period in their life where they've, um, they've become more, more sure about, uh, jumping into the world of medical transition. So I think, um, queerness has always been a thing in the duration of our relationship and, um, and certainly thinking about gender expression and identity that's been a thing, and so uh, I feel really like excited to watch Dolores as they do uh, decide to medically transition and and see how that affects them personally and and in their relationships. And I just feel so so grateful and appreciative of uh, their willingness to open up and share this deeply personal story. For such a public audience. Um, so, thanks, Dolores. Yeah, thank you. And CJ, I mean, you have a relationship with Dolores, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go way back. Um, I think... I can't remember exactly where we met, but it was a, it's been a while being around town. And Chapel is a small town especially when you get into like the organizing community and the community of like rad folks doing that sort of left-leaning work it the the pool gets small real quick and so we we knew each other from that work and I think some organ some youth organizing work but also performance work remember y'all did that show at the hey time together yeah 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 oh yeah um it was called running running Oh, 
And why did I start to say this? I can't remember. Um, but we did that show together. Yeah, it was hosted by Omishade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were some other poets there. Yeah, yeah. But that was many moons ago. Performers. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, I can't remember the show name. I wish I could remember the, the show name. Um, but I've known them for a while. And it's just been great. I've been super inspired by their story and the story of their family, um, their brother, um, and that story has been very inspiring to me and one that I've shared in my work in California even. Um, and then they did a documentary about it, which is mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And then, yeah. So that's Dolores who, you know, makes up a large portion of the episode itself, as well as we this time did a really special thing where we released the entire interview, yeah. which um, it's a long one. So if you listen to it, kudos to you. But we just felt like there was so much good content in there and content that doesn't often get shared publicly that we really wanted to to make it available um, for people that are curious or people that don't have trans friends or, or are interested in learning. And also for, I mean, I sort of think about it for, for others that are thinking about transitioning or that feel that identity within themselves and want you know are eager to find information about it so yeah or currently transitioning now yes yeah yeah so that's Dolores um the read piece so I uh visited Portland Oregon in March for the bachelorette party of my friend Meg hi Meg (laughs) and um Meg at the time was working at Reed College and had told me about some of their um, some of their bathroom changes, and Meg knows. Meg kind of is is someone that I turn to for the podcast, and who has helped support us throughout this. And and so she knew that we were doing an episode about bathrooms and trans identity and gender identity and stuff like that. And so she recommended that I talk to some of the administrators involved with these changes at Reed. And Reed is such a small university and so open to being public about these changes that I was actually able to uh, arrive early in Portland, early, you know, meaning before the bachelorette party, um, by a couple days. And I went to work with Meg at Reed. And we just basically went around campus and talked with different administrators and students and it turned out to be just such a beautiful episode and at the time CJ and I were planning um, an episode on gender kind of very generally and so that was going to include Dolores's story is going to include a lot of the stories that we ended up sharing in the femininity episode and so after I did the interviews at Reed I called CJ back in North Carolina and I was like look we are going to need to do another episode. We're going to need to break this one big, huge topic into two. And that's that's what we ended up doing, which, you know, also led to this feeling of, um, of like, oh, my gosh, we've been working on this episode for a long time. Um, but that's kind of what happened at Reed. And so I got to talk with Dayspring and Mary and some students, and they were just so awesome and so open and so... Um, you know, excited to share and excited that people cared about the story and and um, 
And I am so appreciative of them for making time in their schedules last minute to sit down and talk with me. And they didn't know me except through Meg. I mean, you know, they just met me that day. So that was a really awesome experience. And one that I think really added to this topic, um, you know, and I was encouraged by it because, you know, HB2 has been something that we in North Carolina have been dealing with for the last year. And so I was like excited to see that people in other states and other institutions were doing something about this and that it was possible. Even if it's a small liberal arts college in the Pacific Northwest, it's possible, and maybe that could spread. Yeah, yeah. So that was Reed. How long were you at Reed? Just, Just one full day. Okay. Um, actually, I take that back. A, a full day on the beginning side, and then after the bachelorette party was over, I went there for another morning. Okay. Um, and it's a beautiful campus. It's... it's um, very unique, and I just really am so grateful for my time there. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So, well, Layla. Yeah, so Layla, who provides the soundtrack for the entire episode, that is an amazing one. Um, we're only going to use a couple songs in the beginning. Um, we're only going to use one song in the beginning, and then I was just like, got to go and do the album, and I was like, oh, these, like, this guitar is too sweet. We got to put it all up and through that. And so added it as a layer underneath the intro and some other parts in between the episode and just kind of brought the episode out and gave it some some fullness. Uh, and Layla, Layla Noren and Love Riot are amazing, amazing band. I first met Layla, I feel like it's been like eight, 10 years ago now um and they were playing music out of greensboro and just kind of traveling here to chapel hill back and forth um and then uh my organization at the time invited them to perform at several open mics and several fundraisers and just then it was just layla playing the guitar and now, in the past year or two, they've made a whole band that's like the Northern Love Riot, and it just is amazing, wonderful Super music, political. very political, um, <clears throat> which is, for me, is spot on. I consider myself an artivist, and a lot of my art, personally, is at the intersection of politics, and so to find another artist who, like, none of their work is purely aesthetic and just purely for the sound but also for the the political piece of it like songs about immigration and voting rights and you know gender things that the song boy which you heard on the on on our episode um it's just amazing to meet an artist like that and every time i see layla on the streets of durham north carolina it's nothing but love and well that's the other thing that i love about their music is that it's like is it's political yes but it's also it's love i mean the love riot like it's i i I love that the love riot like that's so great yeah yeah so it was great to have their music. If you want to hear more of it, laylanoir.com. That's L A I L A N U R. Yeah. Com. They're amazing. Check it out. <laughs> All 
So those are the people behind the voices. Did and, we forget anybody? Aside from our like initial barrage of of news anchors and governors that shall not be named. <laughs> Yeah. And and preachers, North Carolina preachers. By the way, that was a North Carolina preacher that preaches at a mega church here. The one um, that was so outspoken. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I used to see on television in the mornings when we used to get up to get dressed to go to school, get on the school bus. He would be on TV. Um, yeah. So like, uh, other than those voices that you hear in the beginning, uh. That's all the voices in the episode. Yeah, so speaking of that segment, maybe you could talk a little bit about, or maybe we could shift into talking about process. Sure, sure, sure. And you could speak to that? Yeah, yeah, quite a process. I spent, I really felt like an investigative journalist on this episode, nice. just like going through hours and hours of like news, feed, news, like, Broadcasts, yes, that's what you call them. Nude news broadcasts on HB two, like and seeing all the sides. I don't think I realized at the time that there was such a public force for like pro HB two force. Like there mm-hmm. was actions and demonstrations at the Capitol in favor of the bill, where they had like like representatives speaking at these But were they as big as the ones that were against HB2? Not the ones that I attended. You know, I think that we, you know, on the left or more radical protest people, we have demonstrations of all sizes everywhere. So I think at some, there surely are probably some that match that size. But the ones I saw and looked up were only about like somewhere in the 50 people, 100 people range, whereas there were several hundred folks who showed up at least at at least a couple. I, w- I actually wasn't here for a lot of those demonstrations and protests. I was in California hearing from a lot of Californian people asking me what was going on in my state <laughs> and being very confused about it. So... I don't know if I could speak directly to, um, to that. Um, but, you know, it was, I mean, it was a sizable group of people. And just, like, the number of people who were opposed to H, to HB2 was, was surprising to me. And to hear Pat... McCory like speak to I don't know to be so confused about the language of gender and gender identity and like and to hear people talk about it being a person who has a lot of queer community and I consider myself raised by queer community and knows these things very like closely and and carries some of these identities myself like it just was interesting to hear so many people talk about it in a way that was distancing, that made it all about reinforcing a binary of gender and not about, like, allowing people space to go to the bathroom. Um, well, yeah, and they were so confused about the language and, the, and, and that kind of thing while also being super decisive on what the law was going to be. Right, right, exactly. To police those people. Exactly. And so, yeah, the, in terms of, like, the, the process, it was, like, yeah, hours and hours of listening to news things and, and putting those pieces together. Everything from, like, The View to 
CNN to Vice to all the things. Um, I, I saw some Clay Aiken interviews <laughs> that were great. Clay Aiken was good on point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then so the process of doing that, and then also like the awkward process of like recording myself using the bathroom. <laughs> um, those toilet sounds are legit for me using the bathroom. <laughs> In public places and flushing the toilet. Be honest, how many times did you record yourself doing that? Like, like five to ten. What? Yeah. Where? In different, you know, bathrooms, coffee shop bathrooms, and all sorts of stuff. I was like, this sounds music. This is weird. (laughs) Um, It's also very. I get to see you like holding your phone, recording. It's like, it is very weird to hear yourself pee. I just like that was a weird moment for me. Um. Anyways, that's an aside. That's how we got here, though. Yeah, that was um, how we got here. I mean, another big part of the process this time around was that um, we had some things pop up in our life in our lives that delayed us. Yeah. So, like you know, of course, like the week of we're supposed to release podcast, or a week before we're supposed to release the podcast. We're at Switchpoint, and I fall ill. Yeah, so we had a conference to present at and to attend, and and that was a very exciting thing, but very time-consuming because we were planning for that. And then, yeah, while we're in the conference, you you get sick. Yeah, yeah, like like feverish and bedridden. Yeah. Ridden and I, I can't do nothing. So you were in bed for like a week during the time where your role in <laughs> the podcast, which is the audio editing, which comes towards the end of our planning, yeah. you were in bed for that week of, of like where you were meant to be doing your part of the work, right? And so that, you know, that pushed things back a week, um, at least. Yeah. And then you were still recovering, and and we both now have part-time jobs, so that was kind of adding to the delay. Um, We had so much audio, right? Like, so much this time around. Yeah, it must have been like, Seven, ten hours of audio that we had to sift through. Yeah, to sift and comb through and um, and figure out what exactly was the story, how we were going to piece together all the different parts of it, and um, and and really do that kind of production work where you're figuring out what is the flow and um, and what to cut because again we're trying to keep the episodes to about thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And so when you have seven to ten hours of audio, you're cutting a lot and you're missing yeah. out on a lot. And that's one reason why we did end up saying, you know what, let's just make Dolores' full interview available in case someone wants to hear more. Because there was, uh, there was only so much we could include in the actual episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so much audio sifting through. Um but what was great is that, you know, then you did get better and we did find some free time and, and we've been doing this now for several months and so we found a good flow and we had some really beautiful, beautiful moments of like stars aligning, audio aligning perfectly with the music, with the pause and, um, and that, those feelings are really exciting and encouraging and like, 
give you something to push you to keep going. So yeah, could, yeah. could you talk about like there was... Yeah, yeah. I think that like, just to go back a little bit and still in the same vein, what you're talking about is that I think in editing audio, for me to continue to do it every time, I have to be like focused on the little wins and the little things that sound good and like cutting down a piece of thing that really is only gonna last like a half a second in people's soundscape, um, but is like some smooth shit. You oh, know? that reminds me yeah. of Jordan. Yeah, we didn't talk about Jordan. So quick, can I do a quick yes, aside? Sure. And quick aside. There's a a one line thing in the in the episode where it's a a recording of my friend Jordan saying, "What is happening in North Carolina?" <laughs> And um, I asked Jordan, so this is my friend Jordan that lives in San Francisco. We went to college together and um, he is Cherokee and used, and is from North Carolina, grew up in Cherokee, North Carolina. And so we used to, um, it, you know, it was Jordan that I used to talk to a lot about this HB2 bill and, and how it was going to affect various communities in North Carolina and people visiting North Carolina. Um, and, and you know, Jord Jordan and others of my friends had some bad experiences when coming back to visit North Carolina while HB2 was really being talked about. So when I knew that I wanted to do a little, like, artsy thing there where, where we had a different voice say what is happening in North Carolina, I wanted it to be Jordan's because it just, for me, was like reminiscent of what actually my process was when HB2 was happening and Jordan was a big part of that. And so I, I thought it was really cool. He like recorded that for me while he was in the Metro and then sent it to me and, and, and I think it worked out perfectly. So thanks, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's those little moments that really make it make the audio worth doing. Really, to be like transparent about it, and makes the tedious work of audio very rewarding as we move through. And so, yeah, it was great. I think in this part of the process, this episode specifically, I was able to bring you into that process. I feel like more than you have been ever. Um, yeah. because of the way that we chose to edit it, we had much more time because we chose to not be worried about time. We had a lot more time to sit and for me to share during the process, play by play yeah, as things, as things were happening. And so this moment of little wins that I often get, and I'm often like sitting somewhere with you with my headphones and like cheering by myself and you're like, what? And I'm like, it would take too much to explain. <laughs> I was able to kind of play back and let you hear like from the like way the music lines up in our intro with my intro and um, to the ending where the volume on Layla's song comes up right when you stop talking and even down to when you made the like the the piece that says like bathrooms bathrooms bathroom bathroom ba like I love that part and I remember when you first that was one of the first things you did with the audio editing and you shared it with me and I was like oh my god this is gonna be so good I just knew it at that <laughs> point so 
Yeah. yeah. So we had a lot of those moments and that felt really exciting and encouraging because, you know, this project, and I don't know if y'all have had projects like this before, but um, no matter how much we like it and how proud of the final product that we are, um, we were ready for it to be done. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The last day or two, really, especially, we were like, please, can we just be finished with this episode and like get it out there? Because we'd been working on it at that point for like two and a half months. Yeah, yeah. And, and... I don't know. I, you know, I was so, I felt such a huge amount of relief in getting it out there and, you know, and I felt proud of it, but I was ready for it to be done because we'd been working on it for so long. Yeah. same. So it was nice to have those encouraging alignments. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, any sort of artist or person doing work, a job, if you're ever working on a program or a project or art piece, yes, it you feel that at that point of being like, dang, I've been working on this for like a month now, yeah. two months, three months. I'm ready for it to be mm-hmm. over. I definitely felt that. Definitely yeah. Because I had written the narration like a while ago, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and altered it a few times. But, um, you know, because it's always, I mean, I write the narration and then I'm always, I need to like hone it in mm-hmm. and and shorten it you know and that's hard for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but you know i i think it turned out i think it turned out perfectly and um and we're really proud of it yeah yeah anything else you wanted to talk about anything else how we got here um i mean if anybody's wondering why we did bathrooms i think we spoke to that a little bit but I mean, because we're from North Carolina. If you listen to this podcast and don't know, we're from North Carolina. Um, And bathrooms are, like, a part of what we all do, you know? Like, sitting in the intersection, people literally sit in the intersection of bathrooms and pee and (laughs) poop all day long, right? It's, like, it's a place we, I mean, and the podcast is mentioned, like, six times a day at the least amount. And I don't think people are very hydrated if it's just six times a day. But, you know. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because one of the reasons I really wanted to do an episode on this is because about a year ago, I was listening to a podcast that I listened to a lot at that time. And they were based in New York and they did an episode on HB2 and didn't use any North Carolina voices. They didn't interview anyone from North Carolina, and I was so frustrated by that because there was so much good work happening on the ground here in this state, and I just felt like we needed to be saved or we were backwards North Carolinians, and, you know, that's not true for the whole state. And so it was really important for me as a North Carolinian to to share about this topic in my own words with my own opinions and and highlight the truth of what many North Carolinians feel. Not all, of course. <laughs> you know, we heard Pat McCrory and his crew, but but many, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so. you know. And that's why, you know, that's what our podcast, Sitting in the Intersection, 
is about, right? All intersections, all types of people, all types of relationships, any intersection we can find ourselves in, whether it's gender or bathrooms, or, you know, maybe we'll do something about train stations one day, um, or, or other intersections when we, where we find ourselves. Um, yeah, so if you have a story that you'd like to share, or you know someone that we should interview, or you have a suggestion for a top, a topic that we should cover, hit us up at Sitting in the X on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or Sitting in the X at gmail.com. I'm Jax. I'm CJ. And together we make up Sitting in the Intersection. Thanks for listening. <laughs>